Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare on KSL News Radio. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. I'm Maria Shaleos. Today I'm talking with Kim Campani, the Executive Operations Director for Pain Management Services at Intermountain Healthcare. And we have been talking about how all opioids are not made the same and talking about ways to reduce or minimize your opioid dosages. And Kim, let's talk for just a minute about the tools that Intermountain has provided for doctors to make sure that they are giving the appropriate dosages of opioids to their to their patients. What kind of tools have been made available to them? Oh, yeah. So we have been, you know, trying to figure out how can we make all of this easier for our, our providers and helping to keep our patients safe. And one of the things that I focused on is the morphine milligram equivalency and those high-dose opioids so we want to, we've, we've built some systems into our electronic medical record to help providers, to help to the, alert them when we have dosages that are extremely high. Now, we realize that some chronic pain patients are going to be on extreme or high doses of opioids, and they may be doing fine on those. And so I'm, we're not by any means saying get those patients off. But if it's appropriate, we could work on tapering or reducing. So providers would get alerts when patients are on these high-dose opioids so that they could have some discussions and, of course, informed decision-making between the provider and the patient about um, the opioid usage and the risks and the safety associated with that. We're always focused on patient risk. And so that's kind of the what we wanted to highlight with providing some of these tools as I, as I mentioned at the beginning of the segment, um, opioids, when they are prescribed in combinations with benzodiazepines, and again, those are the medications to treat certain types of anxiety, panic attacks, depression, and sometimes seizures. Um, those are the medications we work to calm people or sedate them. But when those are prescribed opioids, that negatively could impact patients and cause additional risk. So we want to make alerts to our providers when they are doing that, because many times uh, patients see more than one provider for different conditions. And so it's important that they have this awareness that patients are on these different medications. Also tools to help providers to know when patients already have um, an opioid supply in place, because maybe prescribing additional opioids is not appropriate for that patient. They may have opioids at home. And of course, one of our one of our goals is to keep um, extra opioids out of prescription cabinets or out of cupboards so that other people don't inadvertently take them, which can cause overdose or deaths. And then also just reminding providers um, 
about the risks associated with opioids based on the information from the, the medical record. So we're really excited that we've got a an opioid risk prediction model that's going to launch soon. What that will do is it will take information in the patient's medical record and, and it will help to calculate the risk of a serious respiratory um, event in the next six months based on that opioid and what the patient's um, medications and other conditions that they have. So we're really excited for that to launch pretty soon. And we think that'll be very informative for our providers and our patients. Right. No matter how much information we put out there, there is always the risk of an accidental overdose. And so maybe you could talk about the role of Narcan in people who are using opioids for pain medication, the importance of having that in their home. Yes, that is one thing is is very important is to have naloxone and the brand name is Narcan, but naloxone comes in different forms. It comes in an injectable, it comes in a nasal spray, and it's important for everybody taking opioids to have naloxone in their home. In the past, it was it was recommended that all high dose opioid patients have naloxone at home. Now the recommendations are actually that any patient who is taking an opioid have naloxone at home. We know that even when patients have just a few days supply at home, even say maybe three days, there have been overdoses and deaths based on that. Maybe it's not the patient who's taking it. Maybe it's somebody else in their household. But by having the locks on hand, that can help save lives. Um, so it's important to have those conversations with your healthcare provider. If they're giving you an opioid prescription, please ask for a naloxone prescription. And if your prescriber uh, does not uh, mention naloxone, know that you can go into pharmacies in the state of Utah, talk to the pharmacist about naloxone, and the pharmacist can prescribe naloxone for you so that you can have that at home. Also, if you have a if you know of somebody who is on opioids or actual or heroin or or anything else. Anybody can go to the pharmacy and ask the pharmacist for it and keep this on hand. And so I recommend that this is a great tool to have in your in your home, and it can really help to, to save a lot of lives just by being prepared. For those folks who may be listening who are suffering with pain, what are some resources for them? Where would you tell them to turn to better manage their pain and really get the proper tools they need to specifically address their own concerns? So I, as I mentioned earlier, I would I, we have the Living Well with Chronic Pain courses that offer an extensive amount of information to our patients. That um, and these are free classes. We've come up with virtual options now due to COVID nineteen, uh, so they're not necessarily all in in person. They can do those virtually. Uh, so that's a great resource. Also, talking to your um, your pharmacist, your doctors, your your dentist about about pain relief and um, where you can partner. There are many organizations, many focus groups that patients can join to talk about that. Um, of course, be aware of what you read online. Google is not always um, our friend uh, in providing adequate information. So I would always ask a healthcare provider what resources they recommend just so that to make sure that those are providing uh, adequate treatment and the right information. Kim, anything you'd like to add? I just I, I just 
really want to um, applaud everybody coming together for this this effort on on opioid stewardship and keeping patients safe. I think we've all been negatively impacted by this epidemic. And I know that by um, having conversations about opioid use, making it okay, let's reduce the stigma. Uh, let's have those conversations on how can we help people in our homes or even our neighbors or our friends, say, reaching out and, and talking to them about pain treatment options and and letting them know that there are many alternatives and the focus on opioids is changing and pain relief is changing. But um, just just continuing this fight and knowing that we still have a lot of work to do, but we've made a lot of significant progress. Kim, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Maria. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.